converse with your audience. Let me give you an illustration that is typical of the fashion in which thousands of persons talk. I happened on one occasion to be stopping in Marin, a summer resort in the Swiss Alps. I was living at a hotel operated by a London company and they usually sent out from England a couple of lecturers each week to talk to the guests. One of, the, one of them was a well-known English novelist. Her topic was the future of the novel. She admitted that she had not selected the subject herself, and the law and short of it was that she had nothing she cared to say about it to make it worthwhile expressing. She had hurriedly made some rambling notes and she stood before the audience, ignoring her hearers, not even looking at them, staring sometimes over their heads, sometimes at her notes, sometimes at the floor. She unreeled words into the primeval void with a faraway look in her eyes and a faraway ring in her voice. That isn't delivering a talk at all. It is a soliloquy. It has no sense of communication. And that is the first essential of good talking. A sense of communication. The audience must feel that there is a message being delivered straight from the mind and heart of the speaker to their minds and their hearts. The kind of talk I have just described might as well have been spoken out in the sandy, waterless wastes of the Gobi Desert. In fact, it sounded as if it were being delivered in some such spot rather than to a group of living human beings. An enormous amount of nonsense and twaddle has been written about delivery. It has been shrouded in rules and rights and made mysterious. Old-fashioned elocution has often made it ridiculous. The businessman, going to the library or bookshop, has found volumes on oratory that were utterly useless. In spite of progress in other directions, in almost every state in the Union today, schoolboys are still being forced to recite the ornate oratory of orators, a thing that is as useless as a squirrel-headed tire pump, as out of date as a quill pen. An entirely new school of speaking has sprung up since the 20s. In keeping with the spirit of the times, it is as modern and as practical as the automobile, direct as a telegram, business-like as a telling advertisement. The verbal fireworks that were once the vogue would no longer be tolerated by an audience today. A modern audience, regardless of whether it is 15 people at a business conference or a thousand people under a tent, wants the speaker to talk just as directly as he would in a chat and in the same general manner he would employ in speaking to one of them in conversation. In the same manner, but with greater force or energy, in order to appear natural, he has to use much more energy in talking to 40 people than he does in talking to one just as a statue on top of a building has to be of heroic size in order to make it appear of lifelike proportions to an observer on the ground. At the close of one of Mark Twain's lectures in the Nevada mining camp, an old prospector approached him and inquired, Be them your natural tones of eloquence? That is what the audience wants, your natural tones of eloquence, enlarged a bit. The only way to acquire the knack of this enlarged naturalness is by practice. And as you practice, if you find yourself talking in a stilted manner, pause and say sharply to yourself mentally. Here, what is wrong? Wake up, be human. 
then mentally pick out a person in the audience, someone in the back, or the least attentive person you can find, and talk to this person. Forget there is anyone else present at all. Converse with this person. Imagine that he has asked you a question and that you are answering it and that you are the only one who can answer it. If he were to stand up and talk to you, and you were to talk back to him, that process would immediately and inevitably make your speaking more conversational, more natural, more direct. So, imagine that is precisely what is taking place. You may go so far as actually to ask questions and answer them. For example, in the midst of your talk, you may say, Can you ask what proof have I for this assertion? I have adequate proof, and here it is. Then, proceed to answer the question. That sort of thing can be done very naturally. It will break up the monotony of one's delivery. It will make it direct and pleasant and conversational. Speak to the Chamber of Commerce just as you would to John Henry Smith. What is a meeting of the Chamber of Commerce after all but a collection of John Henry Smiths? Won't the same methods that are successful with those men individually be successful with them collectively? Earlier in this episode and these series was described the delivery of a certain novelist. In the same ballroom in which she had spoken, we had the pleasure, a few nights later, of hearing Sir Oliver Lodge. His subject was Atoms and Worlds. He had devoted to the subject more than half a century of thought and study and experiment and investigation. He had something that was essentially a part of his heart and mind and life, something that he wanted very much to say. He forgot that he was trying to make a speech. That was the least of his worries. He was concerned only with telling the audience about atoms, telling us accurately, lucidly, and feelingly. He was earnestly trying to get us to see what he saw and to feel what he felt. And what was the result? He delivered a remarkable talk. It had both charm and power. It made a deep impression. He was a speaker of unusual ability. Yet, I am sure he didn't regard himself in that light. I am sure the few people who heard him ever thought of him as a public speaker at all. If you speak in public so that people hearing you will suspect that you have had training in public speaking, you will not be a credit to your instructor, especially an instructor in one of my courses. He desires you to speak with such intensified naturalness that your audience will never dream that you have been formally trained. A good window does not call attention to itself. It merely lets in the light. A good speaker is like that. He is so disarmingly natural that his hearers never notice his manner of speaking. They are consciously and conscious only of his matter.